This channel uses explicit language and subject matter. Any political or religious views do not reflect this channel's ideals, and any similarities to persons or places are coincidental. Listener discretion advice. You are listening to Maximum Horror. This is a Maximum Horror original, Polaroid. I know now that sometimes we should follow our instincts. We all have voices telling us not to do certain things or make us doubt ourselves. But I know sometimes we have to ignore those voices and just go for it. That's why I live by the saying, you never know if you don't try. I never thought that I would find an old Polaroid camera so close to the college. The fact that there's even an antique store near the college is more surprising. My little sister says that I'm a hipster. That means that I like, I like to act like an old heart. Hipsters are known to listen to records, watch old black and white movies, they're over-opinionated, they're vegans, 20-some-year-olds that think that only their opinions matter. I always tell her that I'm not a hipster. She'll never catch me wearing a beanie or a scarf in the summertime, and I will never go vegan. Bacon tastes too good to give up. I'd die from a cholesterol-filled heart before giving up bacon. I'll admit, I might be a little hipstery, but I promise no one will ever catch me dressed that moronic. If I wasn't a little hipstery, I would have never walked into this old antique store. And I would have never met her. Oh, I like that one. I didn't even know we sold those here. There's always such an interesting things here. I always find something cool here. It's a shame I can't buy all of it. Because if I could, I would just live here. I drew into my thoughts, only caught part of what she said, and just randomly responded, yeah. I haven't seen an old Polaroid like this since I was a kid. She lifted the Polaroid camera. They didn't make them like this anymore. The camera was an old metal frame with wood laminate panels. Sure, they still sell Polaroid cameras, but they are made of cheap plastics and just like anything else nowadays, if it was dropped, it would surely break. I have always liked old cameras like this. It's just a shame that I wouldn't be able to take many pictures with them, I nervously say. Finally paying attention to her, I notice how beautiful the girl behind the counter is. Her hair is shoulder length with bright dyed red hair that enhances her facial features that, that stood out on her pale skin. I look down at her cleavage for a moment, but cover this up by reading her name tag. It says Leah. Well, aren't you cute? She says in a condescending way, but I blush as my male brain responds to this remark as flattery. 
you could buy more cartridges online. People out there love these old Polaroid cameras more than you'd think. I can guarantee that camera there still works. These old ones are really hard to break. You mind if I try it out, then? I ask. Leah combs her hair quickly with her fingers, getting ready to take a picture without me asking. I open the cartridge to make sure they're still picture sheets. I guess that's what they're called. I lift the camera to my eye and give Leah a moment to pose. I take the picture and the flash of light fills the room. The picture pops out. I grab it and I shake it. Well, let me see it. She says, sitting on the counter and spinning her legs around. She stays on the other side of the counter, but she leans up against my side, her body language pulling me closer, until I'm standing up against her. I shake the picture again, waiting as the picture finally develops. She smiles as she grabs my hands while holding the picture closer to her face, trying to get a better look. Do you want it, Leah? I ask, making sure to use her name so she doesn't think I was just staring at her breast earlier. Ah, why don't you keep it? I have red eyes in this picture. Grandma always told me it was bad luck to keep a picture with red eyes in it. She takes the picture from me, getting a better look at it. It is good picture though. I look good, what do you think? Surprised from the question, I shrug with a smile and say, You look better in person. I can't believe I said that. Whenever I try to flirt, I say weird things like that. Leah laughs. Not genuine laughter, but a weird smirky soundy one. I can't tell if she was just trying to be nice or if she is an awkward person. Leah rings up my order, holding, handing me my receipt along with the picture. And on the bottom of the Polaroid, she wrote in, ring, in pink pen, Come back soon, your friend, Leah. I leave the store wondering where I had seen her before. She looks so familiar as I walk back to my second floor apartment. Looking again at her handwritten message on the picture. Come back soon and your friend. Kept floating through my head. Was she flirting with me? Don't be stupid. A pretty girl like that would never flirt with you. Shut up. Just shut up. I'm not dealing with you today. was it. I stopped thinking about her for a while. I didn't return to the antique store. My subconscious was right. Leah has no interest in me. I bet that she wouldn't even remember me if I dared walk back in. And even if she did recognize me, it's not like she has any attraction toward me. But then again, if I never try, how would I know? I should probably go back and ask her out. Well, that's fine, I'd guess. If she had one, she could always say we could be friends. What if she just tells you that she has a boyfriend, when in reality, she doesn't? 
Yeah, chances are that he's right. There is no reason for anybody to like me. I live in a studio apartment. My mattress lays on the floor. I have a small 30-inch TV and an empty fridge. I'm not a slob. The apartment is clean, but it's empty. And I don't even own a couch. Maybe leaving it a mess would make the room look fuller. Trash on the floor would fill up the empty spaces. The truth of the matter is, the people I know are closer to friendly acquaintances. The only relief I have from my dreary life, the only escape I have from this shitbox apartment, is the window looking out into the middle of the apartment complex. It didn't matter how small or how much the walls seemed to close in behind me, I could always look out the window. And that's when I saw her, Leah. She had already walked past my window, but I would always recognize her bright red hair. She was walking alone and with purpose. I opened the window to say hi, but after I managed to unlock it and open the heavy glass, she was too far. She wouldn't have turned around anyway. A girl like that wouldn't bother to acknowledge you. Don't think otherwise. Be quiet! I'm ready to shout back at his next remark, but he stays silent. He knows, I know, he knows he is right. Deep down, I know he is always right. He doesn't need to continue. He knows he already won the argument. That night, I fall asleep looking at Leah's picture. As my surroundings are overtaken by the shadows of the night. Summertime is a few weeks away. But I could already feel the familiar summer heat. Getting here before calendar date. I personally start wearing muscle shirts and shorts around the house to help me stay cool. This trend wasn't followed just by me. Every man and woman in the apartment complex started wearing clothing to accommodate the heat. No one was safe from the heat, including Leah. I started looking out my window every day. As part of my daily routine, and almost every day like clockwork, Leah walked past my window. I stared there, dumbfounded, admiring her beauty. I ran late for class, waiting for her to pass by sometimes, but it doesn't bother me. It's a big auditorium class. No one would even notice if I was coming in late. No one notices you. You mean nothing to anyone. Every day I sit by my window and I can't wait for Leah to pass by again. It has come to the point that I find myself sitting next to my window, even knowing what time Leah passes by, but I can't help myself. Every day she wears summer dresses revealing her breasts and shoulders almost bare except for the spaghetti straps. And if I'm lucky, she walks by in short shorts and a tube top or short shirt revealing her midsection. I place her picture in the windowsill so I could see her while I wait for her to pass by again. I wait a few more days before I get the courage to talk to her. I wait by the window, even though the summer heat makes its way through the pane of glass. It's only getting hotter as the weeks go by. I see Leah pass by and run outside pretending to bump into her by accident. And I say, hey, I know you, but she doesn't respond. She doesn't notice me. I told you she doesn't care. I block out his voice. 
I notice that she's looking sickly and she walks on, like she's suffering from heat stroke. I don't bother chasing after her. Instead, I go to, back to my apartment and stare at her picture on the edge of the windowsill. Every day I stand by that window. The heat emanating through makes the air conditioner feel useless. I rub my thumbs on the picture. The edges are starting to curl. Maybe I should move it from the window. The sun is starting to make it curl. As Leah passes my window again, I notice how tired she looks. I know it's hot outside, but it looks like she's walking through a sauna on full blast compared to everyone else outside. As a couple more days pass, I notice that Leah's shoulders look like they're covered in bruises or maybe boils from the look of it. I can't believe it. She has someone hurting her. I grow filled with anger. What are you going to do? She doesn't even know who you are. You'll just be some weirdo sticking his nose where it doesn't belong. Leah eventually loses the pip in her step that makes her look so joyous. Instead, she starts wearing a sweater with a hood over her head in the middle of summer. No longer able to take what has happened to her, I smack the window when she walks by, shouting her name, Leah! She looks up, not noticing me. I see her full face. It's paler than usual, dried out and cracked, her once bright red hair matted and mud-looking, poking out from her hoodie. Her eyes look milky, losing their color. She shrugs and walks away. I grab the picture from the windowsill and look at it, hoping to get rid of the image of her mummified-looking face out of my mind. I want to remember her as she was, but the picture discolored and her image was is distorted. The vibrant colors have faded away and the laminate has started chipping in some parts. I realize I should have never left the picture on the windowsill. The heat has ruined it, but in my obsession, I left it there knowing it was being damaged. I have to follow her and make sure she is fine. I have to find out who's hurting her or if she is sick. I need to help her. Just leave her alone. All you're gonna do is scare her. I've listened to you for too long. I have to go. He stays silent. I follow her and she goes to the church. It's an old gothic church with the big wooden doors and a lantern above it that reads, Enter all who are lost, scared and weary. Leah sat in the front bench knelt down and prayed. I sat a couple benches behind her, just far enough not to be suspicious, but close enough to hear her. Leah in a raspy voice spoke, Dear God, help me. I don't know what I've done wrong or who I've wronged to deserve this. I keep getting sicker. My skin keeps getting cracky for no reason. Why? I have trouble making out what she says after that. Her sobs make her words inaudible. I step out of the church to give her space. She's sick. This whole time I thought that someone was hurting her. <laughs> you don't see it. Be quiet. <laughs> don't you want to know why she's getting sick? You wouldn't know that. You're just an evil voice in my head. But I know. I stay silent, letting, letting him continue. Her. 
shut up. I've done nothing to hurt her. Of course you have. I said shut up. Not this time. This time you will hear me out. You are the one hurting her. You are the one who has been killing her. You and your ridiculous obsession. Look at the picture in your pocket. I pull it up. The picture is dried out and cracked. Doesn't it remind you of anyone? I told you to leave her alone. I told you she wouldn't want to be around you. Look at what you have done to the poor girl. And she doesn't even know your name. I didn't. You did. I, I know he's correct. Enough! He quiets down with an evil laughter. I rush to the church, ready to tell Leah sorry, hoping that I would release her from whatever curse I've placed on her. It's too late. You've destroyed that picture. There is no coming back from that. I ignore him and start full sprinting back, but he was right. He, was, he is always right. I was too late. There was no way she is coming back from this. At the entrance of the church, a golden rope from the altar was tied to the lantern above the door, and on the other end of the rope hung Leah. She had removed her hooded sweatshirt. Her body was covered in lacerations and what looked like dried out sores. Her body crusted and clear from skin pigment. I ran over and lifted her body, hoping to stop her from suffocating. Her skin crumbled to my touch. I was just in time. I helped her up by her legs, and I could hear her start breathing again. I removed the noose with one hand, while continuing to hold her. I laid her in front of the church, as her breathing started to normalize. She was hardly conscious. I knelt in front of the church door, pressing my forehead to the ground. Enough! I need to try something. And you think this is the answer? Look at what you have done. I've done nothing. This was you. You and your negative negativity. All I do is listen to you. And look where that has sent me. Don't blame me for your mistakes. But they are your decisions. None of this was my mistake. I see it now. You wanted this, not me. This is it. I'm not listening to you anymore. You need me to tell you what to do. I said I'm not listening to you anymore. He continues to scream in my head, but I refuse to respond anymore. Not realizing I had the picture in my hand, I wipe, I wipe a tear away from my eye, getting the tear on her picture and realizing what I need to do. 
I left Leah in both arms and walked back to the apartment complex. I ask her where she lives, and half asleep she tells me the apartment number. I enter her apartment. To my surprise, it is similar to mine. Listen to me. He starts screaming again, but I stay silent. I place Leah in the bathtub and turn it on. The tub quickly fills with the crystal sparkling water. Leah lays there dying, half submerged, her body skeletal looking. What are you doing? Don't listen to him. I grab her picture and place it in the tub with her. The cracks in the polarite start to fill and the corners unfurl. Leah's hair turns vibrant red, pouring over the edge of the tub like a liquid fire and running across the floor. Her skin absorbs the water, the source of all life on earth. Her face returns to its normal glory, blush red cheeks and filled with youth. She stays asleep. I remove her from the tub and place her in the bed. Leah momentarily awakes. It's you. What are you doing here? I decided to go for a walk and I saw you. I say, it looks like you needed a hand. I waited for you to come back. It's nice to see you again. Yeah, it is. Can you do me a favor? Can you stay with me a bit? I don't. She didn't finish her sentence as she falls asleep. I stay by her side for the night. Alright guys, I hope you enjoyed the show. This is my first episode. Sorry if the editing was a little off, but I'm going to try to get better at it. So stick around for more episodes and... You know, you're listening to Maximum Horror.